Paloma Birches. I'm back again. I'm sorry if I make promises that I can't keep. <laughs> I'm a terrible, terrible person. We should already know this by now. It's fine. It's whatever. I don't know. But anyway. So, Mary Yule, even though Yule has passed, I wasn't really sure, like, you know, when I was going to record this. So, it's in my notes. But Mary Yule, Happy Christmas, Hanukkah, almost the new year. Hopefully, 2021 is going to be better. And pray to God the purge siren does not go off. I mean, I'm fucking locked and loaded and ready to go if that's a thing. But I hope it doesn't. Oh, sorry. Getting a little distracted. The Galva cop just uh, pulled up to the chief of police's house right across the street. I don't know what's going on. Anyway. So, um... <laughs> uh, like I said, I'm so sorry. My randomness and all fudged up with the holidays and yesterday, I'm recording this on a Tuesday, so yesterday, 28th, was my step-grandmother's funeral, so that was a very sad time. Very sad. Very weird, though. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit right now. I'm going to go off on a tangent. This is going to be my shit from the pit, even though it's not really, like, shit. It's just, um... Sorry, I am moving around. I'm sitting in my recliner, but I'm going to have to read off my computer. So I'm like, the table it's on is at that awkward height where you have to like lean forward. I can't lean back. You know, it's just, I am struggling today, okay? I had to leave work at two o'clock. I should have left earlier because the snow. I've shoveled my driveway twice already. We've got at least three, maybe even four inches by now. I'm going to have to shovel another two times if it keeps up at this rate. And I'm just not happy about that, but. We'll consider it my workout, so, you know, there's that. Uh, anyway, so, about the funeral. Now, having started my path that I am on currently with the, sorry if I kicked the table, on the spiritual thing, the witchy stuff, you know, I never really was one that believed in God. You know, I never was super churchy. Mom made us go to Sunday school. She made us get confirmed, you know, and then as soon as we got confirmed, if we decided we didn't want to go back, she didn't make us go. Well, she is sorely disappointed, as I've told you before. She's not sure where she went wrong to make me think I was a witch. Am a witch, technically. You know, I, you know, practice. Today's a full moon, or tonight is a full moon, so Jim's going to be charging they're going to get full of snow. I'm going to do, you know, my releasing and manifesting. But anyways, so I'm sitting there and they had two preachers, two pastors, whatever the hell you call them now. Um, I'm sure I'm going to hell for that if they, whatever. Um, so the younger one started off, he's like the newer one. And I just felt so awkward. And so out of place when he was talking. Like, I feel like, and my sister, I said this to her too, that I feel like he was, like, over-exaggerating things. And, like, being a showman. And, like, trying to make things seem cooler than they were. Like, And she said maybe he was just passionate about his job. Maybe he's just very passionate about God. Which you have to be if you're going to be a preacher or a pastor. And maybe that was just his way of how he showed things. I get it. But... It felt forced and it felt fake to me. And I don't know if it's because of the way he was presenting it and who he is or if it was because 
of the whole spiritual path and me not believing in God. And if that, I don't know. I'm sure me not believing in God had a lot to do with it, but I just, I don't know. Oh my God, that coffee was hot. <gasps> okay. Oof. Oh, I burned my throat. Anyway. Yeah, so it's five o'clock at night and I'm drinking coffee. An entire pot, mind you, by myself. But anyway, the older guy, sorry, I'm sniffling. The older guy didn't seem as showmany, but the way these people talk and the way they preach their work, they do so many underhanded digs at people that it just does not sit well with me. And and underhanded digs at life on earth in general. Like I get, yes, they, they think dying is moving on to a better place and blah, blah, blah. But at one point he said something about she's left us here at this place. And he, I forget the other verbiage he said after that. But I was like, excuse you? Because you think this is technically like what hell on earth and the only way you're going to ever be happy is if you go to heaven i i don't know i get it my pagan witchy ways believing in valhalla is the same way and hell but there's so many other realms in between there and there's fucking purgatory and which is part of christianity too i know that but i just i don't know I, it just, it never really sat well with me. And I just felt so awkward, but it's what Grace wanted or in what she, I mean, it was a quick service. It wasn't long. There were no fights, thankfully. Although (laughs) my stepdad's brother and his wife sat on the other side. I mean, if you don't know, then you don't know, but they aren't friends haven't been talking for over 10 years blah 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 it's been a clusterfuck of a mess the day she died the his brother went over to her house stole all the farm checkbooks and things like that and it it's a mess it's just a mess anywho um yeah enough about death and that i don't really need to talk about that anymore side note my shit from the pit that can be now actual shit from work is i'm really pissed i had to rearrange my office (laughs) I got a printer and it has to be plugged into your laptop and the way I made my office look, there was no way that that was going to happen. I was so pissed off. I had to like flip my desk around. It just, it did the, the vibe and the feng shui of my office is completely fucked up now. (laughs) I don't know. I'll move things around. I'll figure something out. It's fine. Whatever. Anyhow. So. For today's episode, I'm going to take you, actually, I've got, it's a two-parter, so it may be a little bit longer, which I owe you, you know, I, quick ones really don't, I don't know, I don't feel I was doing as good of a job if it's like 20 minutes, you know, I don't feel like I was getting as in-depth with my research and things like that, and I just feel like I was jipping you out of 20 minutes of your life, even though I'm jipping you out of currently seven and a half minutes of your life that you can't get back listening to banter on about random ass shit. So, so sorry. Anyway, we're going all the way up to Canada. Montreal, to be exact. Um, We're going to explore a little haunted place known as the Grey Nuns uh, building. Well, you can kind of call it the Grey Nuns haunting. Um, Now, if you haven't seen that movie, The Nun, 
as in like the horror movie, you kind of really need to. Nuns in movies like that are just downright fucking creepy. Um, I mean, just, or they just, they always seem to end up getting way in over their heads with things and getting possessed, uh, even though they believe in God and I just, yes, it makes good movies. Yes, it makes good television. Why are they always tripping? <laughs> I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. But anyway, it's a good movie though. I like it. Um, so as you know, I love things all horror. I'm all about it. So I wanted to get back to like a real ish story. Um, the places obviously call, it was called the gray nuns mother house. It's on the corner of Guy street and Rene Lavesu Boulevard West in Montreal. Um, the borough of Ville Marie. So, uh, I have no idea how they map things out up there. If a borough is like a suburb, so I'm just kind of as confused as you are exactly where it's at. But, you know, here we go. Uh, It's actually now, I believe, a residence for students at Concordia University's Sir George Williams campus. Everything, for some reason, seems to be named super fucking long up there, and I don't understand it. (laughs) Anyway, it was built in 1871, so you can only imagine the old rustic look of the place it's really kind of cool um it also was served as a hospital and an orphanage at the same time um of course some of the those are like the worst things that old buildings could be but it's also the best things because you know all the supernatural activity that ends up happening and so anyway to understand the next portion you need to know that there is actually a crypt beneath this place that holds about 232 dead nuns you heard me right. Two, three, two. They were actually going to try and up and move these bodies when the building was being turned into housing for students. Now, okay, I don't know what you believe in or anything like that, but I know most of you know damn well that you shouldn't even move buried bodies. Like, never dig them up. Never mock them. Don't disturb things. You're just asking for a haunting to happen. Just imagine that 232 times. Mm-mm. Nope. No way. No way. Especially in like a churchy type thing. Mm-mm. That's a mm-mm. hard pass. <laughs> but they were ultimately turned down to move them because of the contagious illness that they passed from. And I tried to look up what the actual contagious illness was. But all the other sources, you know, that I was trying to find on and like, they just, they never, they would all just say an illness, a contagious illness, which illness it was. I don't know. Back then it could have been a a multitude of things. Oh gosh. Coffee is so good. Anyway. Uh, so, I mean, like, I don't want to say a contagious illness or anything like that. In case I'm wrong, I could be horribly wrong. And then people would come back, like if somebody listened to this 10 years down the line, not even 10 years, that shit ain't going to be around for 10 years, a year and a half down the line and come back at me and clap back hard. I was like, come on, I just, this is for fun. I'm not getting paid to do this. I do this out of the love of my heart, you know, it's deeper than my soul that makes me feel good, (laughs) you know. Anywho, so the building was made to house at least a thousand nuns. A thousand. That's a lot of people. That's half the town of Galva almost. In 1918, there was a horrible, horrible fire 
there were 50 confirmed deaths of orphans. And I actually have one of the quotes from the Montreal Gazette. And it goes like this. The children, most of them infants, had been put to bed at five as usual. The first flames seemed to shoot up through the floor of the dormitory near one of the windows. They caught the end of a curtain. In a few minutes, smoke and stench of blistering paint were rolling through the two rooms. It was never going to end well for them as the children were on the top floor. Wounded soldiers were on the lower floors and tried to help, but the flames were too much. The Concordian did an article on the Great Nun building, so I'm going to go into that next. But you never really hear people talk about when there's a fire about the smell of the paint fumes. And the paint, I would assume from back then, was super heavy with lead, which would also probably be extremely flammable. Even more so than nowadays. I mean, they have, like, fire-retardant paint. Like, it's... I mean, you know, I just just thought that was an interesting fact. Sorry. Anyway. (laughs) So, here's the article that I'm going to read from the Concordian. Concordia professor Daniel O'Leary explained that among the many stories about gray nuns, the awful disclosures of Maria Monk is a chilling first-hand account of the convent from the 19th century. Monk, who O'Leary described as a non-voluntary inmate at gray nuns, claimed the building hidden oblite, oblite? I'm not even sure what that means. A secret dungeon containing the bodies of dead fetuses and infants from nuns who had secretly gotten pregnant. Holy balls. If you know anything about nuns, you know that's a big old no-no for them. That's a... Mm-mm. That's a... Yeah. Tisk tisk, ladies. Uh, Monk's account might be seen as anti-Catholic propaganda... However, O'Leary admitted to feeling uncomfortable being inside the building. It's an eerie place, and it's a common thing to see shadows and flitting figures, O'Leary said. While I have never lived in gray nuns, both of my roommates have. After hearing our fair share about the supernatural, we decided to investigate. So, on October 26th, they embarked on a slightly non-conventional investigation, a seance, which I did an episode on seances. Go back and listen if you don't know what exactly they are. Complete with a talking board. Ouija board. If you didn't see me do a Ouija board thing, then you need to go back. (laughs) Anyway. And a protective circle. A space that is safe from demonic entities and can... uh, Is done by casting or reciting a spell, laying around a circle of salt, crystals, things like that. I always usually choose if I'm in an outdoor setting... I cast a circle with salt. I don't know why salt. I should look into that. If it's like the chemical compound of it makes it so demon. I don't know. Or if it's just complete and total bull hockey and it's like not even a thing. Otherwise, if I'm indoors, I cast a circle by sweeping the room that I'm in. We can go into that another time. But anyways, so as we set up our protective circle, we heard eerie operatic music echoing from a piano down the hall. Neither of my roommates remember this being a normal occurrence, but we decided it was likely nothing more than a coincidence. For several minutes, my roommates and I waited in silence, our fingers on the board's pointer, but nothing happened. It wasn't until we were ready to give up 
that we felt the pointer glide across the board. It nearly, in nearly perfect unison, we all insisted it wasn't us moving it. Which I know firsthand what that feels like. Anyway, go watch the video. <laughs> the plan check continued moving across the board, spelling out four letters. G-E-M-A. Excuse me. Then it stopped. Over the next 90 minutes, we seemed to have conversations with multiple entities, each one citing to yes to tell us when they arrived and goodbye when they left. Few were as talkative as Gemma. When we asked her if she had been affected by the 1918 fire, she indicated no. When asked why she was here, the planchette slid from letter to letter, spelling out N E E D. C-A-R-E. Need care. Towards the end of the session, we noticed the pointer was repeatedly circling over goodbye. While this left us with a bad feeling in the pit of our stomachs, we continued. Until the pointer began sliding manically across the board. Now, quick sidebar. If, in fact, the pointer starts manically going back and forth on the board, that means... Something bad is going to happen, and it's a demonic entity. It means it's a very harmful spirit, and it's one that just does not want anything good for you. That's when you need to all say goodbye and just get the fuck out. So anyway, when we asked who was with us, the pointer spelled out Gemma again. Before we could ask another question, Gemma began spelling out G-E. T-A-W-A. But before she could finish, I quickly thanked her and told her she was released, as the board's instructions indicated I should do. My roommates and I were fine not knowing if Gemma had really intended to send an ominous getaway warning. As my roommates Hannah Bouchan explained, it's interesting that they that many gray nuns residents are first-year students as there is something almost symbolic about spending our first year away from home in an allegedly haunted convent. Since Grey Nuns is essentially a place where students go to get out of their comfort zones, the fact that there's this whole mythology around ghosts in the other world feels symbolic, Buchanan said. It's all linked to the unknown. Throughout the halls of the top floor, the sounds of children crying can be heard. Some people in residence at the building have reported to have severe sleep disturbances, nightmares about dead children's, or children, sounds of running feet, always accompanied by the terrified weeping of children. Holy bells. Can't even. I can't. It's just... Anyway, back to what they were talking about with the plan check back and forth and what I said. Y'all need to remember that. I know most of you aren't. Okay, I say most of you. Because I hope that someday that a lot of people like to listen to this. You know, like we would all love for multiple people to listen to us ramble on about God knows what. Everyone does it on TikTok nowadays. Not in any way affiliated with it, so please don't fucking sue me, TikTok. I'm just talking about you. Um, which I should not have downloaded that app. I think 
did I say that the last time? I don't know. I'm going to say it again. I fucking get lost on there for like two hours. And I'm not even joking. Two hours without even realizing it. Ridiculous. But anyway, I do know that the last episode I only had three people listen to it. I know exactly who two of them are. The third one? I don't know who you are, but thank you. I hope, I mean, I think I might know who it is. But, you know, you just never know. Things could be weird. Yes, that particular story was only 20 minutes long. But I do have another one for you. I think I mentioned that at the beginning. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I would love to go there to visit. I couldn't find a whole lot of information on it. Where are these other podcasts and things find like that? I, I think they just do an even more deep dive because that's all they do is the podcast. And I do not have time when I'm working 10 to 11 hour days <laughs> to then try and work out, try and eat, try and chill a little bit to then go back on the computer and look up more things. It's fine. If, in fact, I do find out more information on it, I can touch back to it. You know, it's fine. Anywho, so... <clears throat> Even though Christmas is now over, I still wanted to kind of touch base on another holiday time being, or which, if you will, Frau Percha. She's a staple in the Alpine regions of southern Germany and Austria, but relatively under the radar in North America. Now, if you'll remember, last year around Christmas time, I did a story on Krampus, which is also of Germanic descent in that area. And he was a hellish thing. Like, he went around. I mean, they and that they still do that festival. I don't know if they actually did it this year or not. I didn't see anything about it. I would assume they did because they're all in mass. So why not? But they literally, like, they'll whip you with sticks. And so just don't go there around um, Halloween time. Did I say Christmas time a little bit ago? I don't know. I probably did. I'm all messed up in the head. But, yeah, if you... Uh, don't mind getting hit with willow bark or willow sticks and whatnot. Just, you know, hop on over there and, uh, yeah, go see Krampus. It'll be fine. It's fine. So, according to Linda Radish, I think that's how you say her name, Radish. Maybe it's supposed to be Radish. I don't know. I should really look up how these things are pronounced before I go and do these episodes because all I'm doing is rambling on again. So, She's the author of The Old Magic of Christmas. Um, it's a book that a lot of people have blogged about, a lot of people recommend. But the person we're going to talk about today, or the witch, I'm sorry, which I said is Frau Percha, who is also known as Bircha, or Bertha, uh, also has been called, excuse me for a second, Spinstubenfrau, <laughs> which I hope I said it correctly, or Spinning Room Lady. Uh, she's often depicted with a beaked nose made of iron, dressed in rags, perhaps carrying a cane, and generally resembles or a decrepit old crone. But this old crone packs a mighty, mighty wallop. <laughs> also, carries a long knife hidden underneath her skirt. Surprise knife. <laughs> um, she also bears resemblance to the Scandinavian goddess Frigg, or sorry, Frigga, Frigg or Frigga, she goes by both, which was one of Odin's wives at one point. Uh, both of them share one obsession in common, spinning. Specifically, and domestic neatness, just, I mean, it's just, 
I don't know, domestic neatness generally, you know, it's just, I, mm, I don't know. Frankly, just, just like super judgy about the state of your home. <laughs> like that's the neatness, you know, uh, for a woman, she, she dresses in all rags, but yet she wants to make sure that your home is not messy, which she would fucking hate my house. I'm just telling you. I mean, it's not really messy like it used to be. Like, I just feel like it's always messy because of the shag carpet and I have hair everywhere from Peyton and myself. So anyway, um, here we go. Legend has it that you'd better get all of your flax spun by 12th night. So it's January 6th for when the Christmas season was over. Uh, it would be time to set up the big upright loom, at which time you must have enough thread to warp it and start your weaving. So, I mean, this is a very specific witch and specific tradition that has to go on, apparently. I just, I don't have a loom. I am so sorry. So, and I don't have flax. So, again, I, it's fine. I have protections around my house anyway. It's fine. Um, what might you ask? Is Frau Purchase punishment for those lazy ladies who haven't finished all their weaving? <laughs> In Germany, Austria, and Switzerland, there were numerous tales of Frau Percha trampling and even setting fire to the half-spun fibers. And if you should really, really, really piss her off, like, super piss her off. Like, say, not only is your flax not spun, but your house is a complete and total disastrous mess. Again, they hate messy houses. Um, and you've even failed to leave out the traditional bowl of porridge for her. Forgot to note that. Sorry about you. Well, then her rampaging will extend far beyond your uh, slovenly spinning room. So, okay, sidebar, when I first read this tale, <laughs> and they were talking about her loving to spin, I thought they meant spinning in circles. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Yes, I just love to spin and spin. Spin and spin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God, I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. I am wasting 26 minutes of your life. Oh my God. So, and I'm not even drunk. I'm on coffee. Anyways, she'll do nothing less than steal into your bedroom, disembowel you, and replace your guts with rocks and straw. You know, it's fine. So, you know, if you're going to piss her off, piss her off good because she's going to, you know, disembowel you and put rocks and shit inside you. What the fuck? These are very aggressive folktale things. Like, this is just Frau Percha, I'm assuming... I mean, they said a lot of this probably to scare the shit out of the younger girls to make them clean. Very sexist, I know. But whatever. Um, but Percha does more than just check up on your spinning. Other legends equate Frau Percha with the legend of the Wild Hunt. And say that she flies through the night skies, attended by an army of lost souls. Including the demonic-looking Perchen. Uh, her army... Of servants who are visually nearly indistinguishable from Krampus. The only way to know for sure is context. Krampus rides abroad at St. Nicholas Eve. 
while the Perchin tend more toward Epiphany and the last three Thursdays before Christmas. I know this is so confusing. Take notes. It's fine. You'll be okay. Also known as uh, virtual nights or knocking nights. So the three Thursdays before Christmas. Best watch yourself because that's when she's on the wild hunt with her Perchin. <laughs> Don't catch her Perchin. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've had some really bad jokes lately. Anyway, so, uh, among her army of the Night of the Lost Souls of Unbaptized Children. Oh, wait, hold on. No, among her army are the Lost Souls of Unbaptized Children. I read that so wrong. I'm reading my notes wrong. So, she's got Lost Souls. She's got Unbaptized Kids. I'm good, because currently I'm not a lost soul. Well, okay, maybe I sort of am. Lost in the fact of certain other ways. But I'm not unbaptized, I will tell you that much. Got a picture to prove it. I really hated that dress, I was crying the whole time. Um. So, legend has it, if you hear the wind and thunder roaring and rumbling through the mountains of the Birchall Nights, you're really hearing the sounds of Percha leading the wild hunt. Arr. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh. Please keep listening to me. <laughs> Don't hate me. Um, another one of Frau Perch's names is Holly. Not with a Y, with an E. You know, just classy. A winter goddess whose name means shining or bright, hence her association with Epiphany, the shining night on which the star of Bethlehem was shown down. So... Her dual nature is expressed in the fact that there are both evil and ugly Perchen and pretty Perchen, both of whom you might find in a typical Perchen Lof or Perchen Run in the Alpine regions of Europe. I, I, I really hope I'm saying that correctly. Perchen? Maybe it's supposed to be Perchen. Nah, I don't know. Um, the pretty ones are all well and good, but honestly... I mean, a lot of people are more fans of the evil ones. Uh, and a lot of them, like, are the ones that they love to fear in the days leading up to Christmas. Like, if that's, like, your thing, like, that's that's what you've been taught since you were younger, like, that's just going to be a thing. Every passing moment, like, it gives you anxiety, like, mounts of anxiety to try and finish. If you're not spinning, you got to finish all your housework, you know, cleaning, get it all done before the holidays. Sweeping, mopping, dusting. Like, you can visualize the old crone sneaking into your kitchen late, late night. Running, like, her withered, claw-like fingers over the baseboards and tops of the cupboards, checking for dust. (laughs) As she's creeping through the house like a madwoman. Or, like, the Grinch. I don't know. (laughs) Keep your shit clean! I have dust everywhere. She would so kill me and disembowel me, you know. Fill me with straw and rocks. It's a thing. <laughs> oh, I can't even. So, um, running low on ideas of things, but it's fine. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep looking. Also, my sister and I did do those spell jars. I don't know if I told you. I can't. I don't remember, like, where, you know, what fucking day it is, you know. 
the spell doors were really super fun to do. I'm going to do more. I have more stones coming. I actually have a new altar piece that I'm going to put in the voodoo room as mom calls it. We need to call it something. Think of a name. Think of a cool name for my room where all of my witchy stuff is. It's not voodoo. It's completely different. So we can't call it the voodoo room. We need to think of a name. Think of a cool cool name like the gypsy lair. I don't know. I'm not really a gypsy. Well, I mean, I kind of am, I guess. I'm like a gypsy pagan. I don't know. Think of a cool name. Text me. I know y'all have, all y'all that listen to this currently have my phone number. (laughs) Text me names, ideas, things like that. If you don't, find me on Facebook. Find me on Instagram. Two Broke Birches, the number two, obviously, just like this. Or you could even email me. I do have a Gmail for this whole shebang. Um, I don't know that I remember it at the moment. Hold on. I think I remember it. I think, oh wait, it's uh, twobrokebirches.wsftp at gmail.com with shit from the pit. So if you really are so inclined to email, go for it. But that's all I really got for you guys today. I'm sorry if I if you feel like I wasted half an hour of your life. I really hope you don't. But yeah, I need a name for my witchy room. I'm going to do more research on more things to... I might do more like cryptids. But I do want to get back into more like actual hauntings too. And I feel like I said like about 20 times. Sorry about ya. So, anywho, full moon. I'm going to do releasing manifestations and so yeah I'm gonna go get ready for that maybe do some more work hopefully enjoy my time try not to have a shitastic day and or evening next day if you're listening to this tomorrow whatever and I will see you soon with another episode listen to you or listen to me soon oh my god this is I fucked this up okay bye